is the city that started it all. It's a beautiful day. What a priceless goal that could prove to be. He's going to unleash one. Oh! Sheffield Wednesday celebrate. Billy Sharp, you do not leave that man unmarked in the box. Sheffield United have the lead. Football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum. A very good evening to you. Welcome along to Wednesday night's Football Forum here on Captivate, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music as well. It's the 3rd of February, and thank you for your company. Joe Sheffield here to go through the latest action. Josh Chapman providing the analysis as always. Evening, mate. Good evening. Uh, Connor Thorpe has. Uh, has He's joining us as well in a little bit. And uh, we've also managed to bring in our Sheffield United expert, Callum Cheswick. Evening, mate. Evening, mate. You all right? Very well, thanks. Hope you are as well. It's the show where we discuss the Blades and the Owls and there's all the big talking points from across British football as well. Uh, now, after a few months away, it's the return of our midweek reviews. We split the hour into two bite-sized chunks of Steel City Focus. Uh, and this show is dedicated, dedicated to the red half of Sheffield as we look back at last night's action in the Sheffield United midweek review. So here's, here's what's coming up. Bagsman Billy's a sharpshooter. United baggies the three points that come from behind to win 2-1 at the lane over West Brom. We'll also look ahead to the weekend's action as United put their never lost at home in the Premier League in February stat to the test when they welcome Tuchel's Chelsea. As of the round of unpredictable, it's been a while and we've only got half a dozen games to predict this week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play Shoe Football Forum. We are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum, and it's live. Thanks for joining us. Much appreciate your company on whatever podcast platform that is you're listening back to us. So, half an hour of United Focus tonight, and we're going to kick things off by looking like looking back. At last night's game at Bramall Lane, Sheffield United, after that slim 1-0 defeat at Manchester City and that 2-1 victory over Manchester United, had put the Blades on a pretty good run of form in recent weeks. Four wins in all competitions in their last six games. And they faced a West Brom side that featured former Blade in Callum Robinson and big Sam Allardyce. Uh, Only four points separated the Baggies and the Blades at the bottom of the Prem prior to this one and realistically it it was a must win and a must not lose at Bramall Lane was Andy Giddings so high stakes game played at a keen tempo between these two sides as the ball is pushed out to the far touchline now and Robinson the former blade inside left channel of the penalty area bends a shot and it comes here for an opportunity and it's knocked over the line in a goal match scramble and it's Phillips who was there on Basham brings the ball to control, lovely turn, turn again, Bogle shoots, and he's scored, and he's equalised at Bramalade. All of a sudden, this basement battle has fired into life as Jaden Bogle curled in his second Premier League goal in a tight, congested 18-yard box, and it's all square, Blades one, West Brom one, Fleck. Lovely little back heel, Basham's cross, deflected into the box. Billy Sharp! Billy Sharp has scored for Sheffield United! 
survival. And it's the Blades skipper. Right place, right time. Blades 2, West Brom 1. So Sheffield United there up against West Brom. Chappers has the details. Yeah, technically two former Blades in that West Brom side as Matt Phillips uh, also. Three, who was the third one? Cal Bartley, of course, Cal Bartley. Sorry, right. yeah. Three. So three former Blades in that uh, West Brom side. Um, but it was a tale of two halves for Sheffield United as they made it five wins out of seven in all competitions as they came from behind to beat fellow strugglers West Brom, this time in the Premier League. The Blades had much of the possession in the first half, but didn't do much with it. David McGoldrick had the half's best chance when he drove to the 18-yard box and fired at Sam Johnston, but it was routine for the baggy stopper. However, on the stroke of half-time and against the run of play, West Brom went ahead. Ball was turned over high up the pitch. Ollie Norwood missed a vital challenge on the halfway and the baggies were up the pitch before you could, before you knew it. Former Blade Callum Robinson had an initial effort which Ramsdale could only parry back into danger. Dianya had a go which Ramsdale saved, but another former Blade, Matt Phillips, was on hand to leather it home from six yards out and put Big Sam's team in front. Chris Wilder wasn't happy with what he saw and changed it up at half-time. Off came Ollie Norwood and on came Ollie McBurney. And what a masterstroke it was. United looked so much more threatening going forward and then they capitalised on it. Chris Basham, who was excellent all night, picked a loose ball up on the edge of the box, held it up well and laid it off for Jaden Bogle, who hit one first time with his left foot that left Sam Johnston rooted to the spot. United continued to press and who else but Billy Sharp won the game for the Blades. More excellent play from Basham down the right, linking up with Fleck this time as he whipped a crossing. John Egan managed to get a foot on it to bring it down for Sharp, who won the battle to get there first and prod it past Sam Johnson. United held on for all three points, and here is what Chris Wilder had to say. It was a bit edgy first half. Um, conditions weren't great, but I didn't enjoy my team's performance first half, um, even though I thought we had the majority of the ball. Um, we played too slow, we weren't ambitious enough. Mm-hmm couple of things, you know, Ethan and Jaden coming back on the right peg, um, which obviously it slows the game down a little bit. So we were, we were looking to make that change at half-time with Lowy coming on on the left and and, um, and obviously George's, George's injury has sort of cemented that decision. And we needed to be more ambitious second half and, um, and, 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 we, and we were. We were more ambitious, we had more belief in us and we were more us. More us, and um, that's all I asked for. Um, be us, be yourself, be us. Trust the shape, trust your your, your pals, and um, and uh, and see where it takes you. Chris Wilder there after Sheffield United's two-one victory over West Brom, and uh, well, chappers, it is February the third, and it, that day is synonymous with me because it's the day Aaron Ramsey got a hat trick. The amount of joy I had watching that game was unbelievable. And frankly, the levels of joy are about the same as last night. A 2-1 victory and to come from behind from 1-0 down as well. I mean, I don't know what Wilder said to the players at halftime. I don't know what how many kicks up the arse he gave the players at halftime. More so than not Ollie Norwood. But it paid off and the three points were ours. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, that first half was... Well, it was a bit of a shocker, wasn't it, really? After such good performances from, you know, United against City and Man United uh, at the weekend and midweek last week, you, th- you thought United were probably going to kick on and, and really try and take the game to West Brom. And I, I thought we looked really lacklustre. Uh, we were too slow to get up the pitch. Um, we, when it mattered in the final third, we didn't get crosses in early enough. We didn't have players in the box early enough. 
you know, there were too many times where the only players in the box were Sharp and McGoldrick. And, you know, Sharp's not the big, he's not going to be winning your headers, you know, many times. And McGoldrick, as lovely as his hold-up play is, you know, he needs somebody around him to play off him. And when you've only got them two in, you know, against the the size of the centre-halves that West Brom have got, and they, they're not short, are they? Um, you know, there's only going to be one winner. You know, half-time came. Ollie Norwood, after a, a big mistake, not cleaning out. I don't know. I think it might have been Pereira. Didn't clean him out. Should have absolutely leathered him. Um, take one for the team, you know, just like John Flake did in the second half. You've, you've got to either win the ball or take the man there because when, when they are breaking that quickly, um, you, you've got to do it. And even though West Brom aren't necessarily, you know, the, the most prolific team, they've got some quick players going forward and, and they can counter-attack really well. And, and he didn't do that. Robinson, as his initial effort saved by Ramsdale, can Ramsdale do better than just push it straight into the feet of Dianya? Uh, Probably, uh, but the you know the blame's not necessarily to lie with him. Uh, you end up one nil down, and you think, oh no, here we go again. But second half, we just look so much better. Change of shape, bringing Lundstrom and Flake slightly deeper after you take Norwood off. You know, allowing McGoldrick um, to play in the hole in the number ten where I think he, he really is a, a really lovely player in that position. And I know Cheswick will agree with me in a minute. I know he will. He's a lovely player in that number 10 role. I thought McBurney played excellently, really put himself about, caused problems for the defenders. You know, he's an absolute nightmare in the air. You can't defend against him. Uh, and his hold-up plays nice as well. First goal, lovely finish from Bogle. Excellent work from Basham. Second goal, even better. Lovely interplay between him and Flake down that right-hand side. Egan's done well to somehow win that ball. Um, and Sharp, well, he does what he does best, doesn't he? Standing six to ten yards out, waiting for the ball to drop to him. Buries it bottom corner. Great three points, absolutely vital. Can we do it? I don't know. Is the great escape on? Who knows? Well, one thing that uh, a lot of people have been talking about United in recent weeks is the pressure, obviously, on them to get the potential, pull off this potential great escape. And... Uh, Wilder had a thing to say on that in his post-match press conference. I don't get the the, the pussyfooting around um, players. I don't always take a, a, a sledgehammer to them, you know, as, as I've said all, all, all along. But this is the position that we're in. This is the division that we're in. And the professional sportsmen, so they have to play under pressure. Not about me testing them, but me demanding more from them and asking the question, and, and can, they, can they come up with the answer? Yeah, strong words from Wilder on that point. And uh, coming to you, uh, Callum, for that point, because one of the things we did notice was leading up to that first goal, Ollie Norwood obviously didn't go in for the challenge that he should have done. Let's make it straight. Probably should have done. And uh, if he stops that, then in all honesty, it's probably not going to be a goal. Now, obviously, Ollie Norwood came off and Ollie McBurney came on and he changed the game realistically. And we're noticing that these three in midfield, Norwood, Fleck and Lundstrom. Now, Lundstrom, obviously, there was all the talk earlier on in the season of money and not signing a new contract. Fleck has been out injured, not looked himself for the past couple of games. And obviously, Norwood has looked not like himself all season. Had a couple of games back where he has, and then he's looked a bit weak as well. So do you think pressure has got particularly to those midfield three? I mean, obviously, there is a lot of importance um, on on our midfield. That is, I mean, 
because since um, since we got promoted from the championship, we've not played with a ten. There's we're less likely to create as many chances as we were do when we did play a ten in the championship in League One. So uh, of course there's a bit of pressure there, but it was saying that, that I mean did, did say um, lo- lovely player. I'll agree with you, Shafters. Um, he, even when he plays in a two, he, he basically does play as that that ten and leaving uh, like a lone striker almost uh, most of the time. But it, for me, like Norwood is he's just so so frustrating. And I remember the last time I come on, we we talked about him um, and just about how kind of slow he is uh, in possession. And uh, honestly, like I mean, I like just kind of going off the like going off topic a bit here, but like, <laughs> I manage. Uh, a Sunday league team under 21s and put it this way if one of my players did that they'd be getting they'd be getting brought off straight away they, they'd be getting they'd, honestly it wouldn't surprise me if there would be punches thrown at our time that at that level in a relegation scrap is embarrassing I, the, the more I see it the more annoyed and angry I get about it so I'm just going to stop talking about that because I'll I'll end up hitting my computer or something. But yeah, um, obviously like there is a bit of pressure on the midfield, but do you blame that on the system? No, not really, because I mean, we still created chances, um, albeit not as many first half, but when we went to playing with a 10 with a 2-4 with the second half, I thought um, McBurney coming on was a, a fantastic um, substitution, changed the game. I think that probably won us the game as well. Um, well, I don't think you can really change that system because it, it's shown its words for, well, at least last season. Has indeed. And uh, thankfully, a 1-0 victory for Sheffield United. Uh, one thing uh, we can come to you for this on, Chappers. Obviously, you weren't Mark Duffy's biggest fan when he was at, uh, at United in the championship years. Obviously, we've seen David McGoldrick play a few times sort of towards the end of games this season in that number 10 role, that uh, central attacking mid just behind the two strikers. And in all honesty, it begs the question, and I'm sure we've asked this on this programme before, maybe it's an idea for United to play a number 10 role from the start. Yeah, I don't I don't understand how many more times it has to happen where McGoldrick plays so well and the team looks a lot better when we play a number 10 role for it to be implemented. Um you're right. Yeah, I wasn't Mark Duffy's biggest fan. He was a, he was too inconsistent for me. McGoldrick generally is very consistent. Um, he always puts in a good, solid seven, seven or eight performance. Um, and sometimes he like last night, he's just absolutely unplayable. The second half last night, absolutely unplayable. Um, yeah, I, I would like to see it. And and to be fair, I think sometimes you know if you play that role, it actually offers a little bit more protection to, to your back line because you've got Fleck and Lundstrom who sit slightly deeper and a little more narrow. You know, you've, I know you've not got Norwood in that, in that central, you know, in that CDM role, but I think if you've got Fleck and Lundstrom sitting slightly narrow and slightly deeper, it does offer a little bit more protection to, to your back five because I think they're stronger in a challenge than Norwood is. Um, and for me, I said it a few weeks ago, Norwood's, Norwood's one of the CDMs that he's not... Um, He's not a Kante-type CDM that will win the ball at all costs and can play it. He's a CDM who will sit deep, pick the ball up nicely and pass it around nicely, but doesn't do the dirty work of putting challenges in and, you know, being strong in his challenge. He's far too weak for me. Um, whereas, you know, you don't get that with Fleck. You saw, you know, second half yesterday, Fleck's absolutely cleaned out. Was it um, 
Conor Gallagher uh, absolutely cleaned him out just to make sure that you know they didn't get on the counter or, or the counter attack didn't come to anything. Um, and that's what Norwood doesn't do. But for me, I, I always like McGoldrick in that number 10 role. Um, I think it takes the pressure off him scoring so many goals as well. Um, you know, I think a lot of time last season, there was a lot of pressure on him to, to score goals. And, you know, whilst nobody really fell out with the fact he wasn't scoring, you know, it does take the pressure off him. He's sat slightly deeper and he can be in a more creative role, which I think is something we, we lack sometimes. We do lack a little bit of creativity going through the middle. We do rely on our channels quite a lot. Um but yeah, for, for me, I think we need to start using it a lot more than we are currently. Yeah, I'll just come... Sorry, Alex, go on. I will come to Ches for this, uh, for the final point. Obviously, we talk about all the men that are out there trying to score the goals and defend and win the games. We need to talk about the man between the sticks because that save from Aaron Ramsdale. I mean, a lot of United fans have given him stick since his arrival because... He's dropped a few clangers, let's be brutally honest. His confidence has been absolutely shot to bits. But his confidence is growing immensely. And with a save like that and a performance like that, it shows that Sheffield United were right to spend the money on him. Uh, well, I mean, you can see over the past couple of games, his, his, his confidence has grown since, well, the start of the season almost. Like you said, he, he's kind of been... His confidence has just looked shot. He's looked so timid in himself, uh, making wrong decisions. Just, just looking half a keeper that you, you know he can be, really. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, Chap has made the point earlier about could Rammers have done better for the first goal? Potentially. Um, it, it, put it this way: if he manages to parry it to a safe area, it's a, it's a, it's a brilliant save. But the, the one that you're talking about, second half, that is, I know people will be uh, saying, oh, yeah, it would have been offside anyway. But if that goes in, who knows if it changes the momentum of the game, even if it doesn't count. It, it, honestly, that is a vital, vital save. You could see after he made it, he just looked 10 feet tall almost. It, 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 that for him must have felt like scoring a goal it, because he's kept us in the game. And it, it, to be honest, with you, I think that's one of the main reasons why we went on to go and win the game. If that, if that did go in, but wouldn't have counted, kind of thing, I don't think we would have won. Like honestly, that was such a huge moment of the game, and I think it, it turned it in our favour, even though we were kind of the better side at that point as well. Very, very good result for Sheffield United. It leaves them one point behind West Brom in the table. 11 points now. We've matched Derby's total from 07-08. So all these people that are saying we're going to have the worst points total in Premier League history, they can go suck an egg because that's not happening. Um, and with United now, attention is going to turn from this game to their game at the weekend on Sunday night. And we will touch on that in just a second. But... We're going to go a little bit off topic for just a minute because it doesn't happen very often. For Southampton, it's happened twice in two seasons. Southampton have been beaten by nine. Yes, nine goals to nil uh, last night at Manchester United. Funnily enough, Man United are the only side to have won two games by nine goals to nil. The first being Ipswich in 1995. Southampton then lost 9-0 hosting Leicester a couple of seasons ago, and now they've done it again. Uh, Chappers, obviously you were, you've seen the game on Match of the Day, and I mean, Bednarek managed to score an own goal, 
concede a penalty and harshly get sent off. A fantasy nightmare for the one person that triple captained him. Um, but and then they even then went down to nine men with the, that debutant getting sent off in 80 seconds. It was just bad from start to finish for uh, for Southampton. And then they get a perfectly good goal chalked out because, as we said on uh, on Monday, if it's bang level, VAR means it's offside. Yeah, um, Southampton really didn't help themselves from the off. You know, Jankovic selling his team down the river, really, um, with an absolutely, and there's no other way of putting this, absolutely awful challenge on uh, Scott McTominay. Shocking challenge. I don't know what he's thinking flying in there. Um, and that is not what you want to do on your Premier League debut, is it? Uh, absolutely leathered him. But, you know, Man United were ruthless and Southampton didn't help themselves with some pretty poor defending. Um, in fairness, you think about the first goal. It's such an easy, easy goal to score, really. Luke Shaw, you know, he's got all the time in the world to pick a pass. He's picked a pass, you know, crossfield ball to Wambasaka, who's coming in, you know, he's lost his marker, you know, he's lost Danny Ings and all he's got to do is side foot it in the net. And from there you think, oh dear, it could be a, could be a case of how many. And they were, like I say, just absolutely ruthless. Um, Bednarek, God bless him, um, didn't cover himself in glory, did he? Um, obviously scoring that own goal, which I thought was a little bit unlucky. He's obviously at full stretch. He probably would have gone in anyway if he'd have missed, missed the ball because he had two Man United players following up uh, and then gets himself sent off, which I thought was a little bit harsh. Um, but yeah, like I said, Man United just kept on coming. Um, and then, you know, 9-0 equalised the, uh, the, the, the record score uh, for Man United and the Premier League and uh, topped off a, a fine display from... Man United. Funnily enough, I've not seen, I don't know about you, Cheswick, I've not seen any videos of uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer being interviewed and talking about poor refereeing decisions this week. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've seen any or not, but I've not seen one. Has there been anything? I must have missed it, chappies. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess one of you's triple captain Bednarek, by the way. Not me. Oh, oh uh, sorry, I, I, I thought, thought you were implying that earlier. No, was... one person in the yeah, whole NFL has. Me. What a shot! Why would you do that anyway? That's yeah, a shocking decision. You, I mean, you know what? It serves them right. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but firstly, that 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 challenge by Jankovic—that is one of the that is one of the worst challenges I've seen in the Prem. Like, knee high, off the ground. Oh dear. Um, I mean, you, you were saying it was quite a quite a harsh red card as well, chap. Is for me, I think it's it's just. As red card as he come, really, it's quite blatant. Well, the Bednarek one, yeah, he's, he's not, not played the ball. There is minimal contact, but you, you can't do that in the area. Um, but yeah, then, not when Martial's going to throw himself to the floor. You can't exactly. You, you, you've got to, you've got to know who you're up against. Uh, but you, Ralph Hasenhutl. I mean, when they lost nine um, nil to Leicester, they, they were in a kind of a, a, a bad patch in that result almost turned it around for him. You've got to hope that this doesn't do the opposite. And now, after a good form, in good informed Southampton, after losing 9-0, don't crumble. Uh, I mean, it, it, it won't really be great for us because he won't get relegated. But, he, I mean, I think Ralph Hasenhutl is, is a very good coach, very good manager. But he, he must be feeling just almost sick <laughs> two 9-0 losses in his Southampton career that, that, that's got to be one of the first it's got to be the first time to happen surely 
exactly. And uh, only one man played both one hundred both both ninety minutes uh, of those nine nils. James Ward Prowse. Uh, bit of pub trivia for you there. Anyway, uh, that is all the Premier League action done from midweek, and our attention is back to United uh, from going slightly off topic uh, to the game against Chelsea. And it's the previews, and they come next. This is Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Shoe Football Forum. You're with Football Forum for the Sheffield United midweek review. Much appreciating your company. So it's on to the previews and the weekend's action involving United, which is another home fixture. And it's against Chelsea. Thomas Tuchel brings his blues up the M1 uh, to Bramall Lane. And uh, well, chappers, realistically ideally we could have we would have hoped that frank lampard would have had a couple more games under his belt another week or two because then there would have potentially been a chance of replicating the 3-0 victory uh from back in july i can't see that happening this time but with the run of form we're on who knows yeah this is a in all honesty it's tough as it sounds it's actually quite a difficult game to predict this because chelsea have looked better under Tuchel. i know they've only had two games they have looked better. Um, you know, the, the result at the weekend shows that. Um, but at the same time, like I say, you know, we've looked a lot better. We've won five of the last seven games. I know that's all competitions because, you know, we've we've played a couple of games in the FA Cup against lower league sides. But, um, you know, we have looked a lot better. So it, it is a difficult one to predict. I, I'm not necessarily sold on the fact that we're going to get anything out of it yet. Um, but I think if we, you know, if we're hard to beat like we were against Man United and Manchester City and don't make silly mistakes like we did against Man City, then, you know, I think we're in with as good a chance as any as, you know, getting at least a point uh, and maybe even sneaking a win. I don't want to sound harsh on, you know, Chelsea's opponents on Saturday, on Sunday even. Um, obviously, you know, Chelsea won 2-0 against Burnley and I don't want to say, oh, it's only Burnley, so you kind of expect them to win. But, you know, it, it's one of the easier games that Chelsea will probably face in this Premier League season. Um, so you probably would have expected them to get something out of that game. They did. Obviously a bit of a, a boring nil-nil against Wolves last week, but I don't know how much you could probably expect after only a few days in charge. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I say, if we can keep it fairly tight at the back like we have done in the last few games, and we don't make mistakes like we have done against West Brom and Manchester City, then you know we're in with a good chance of getting something from it. We shall see uh, Sheffield United take on Chelsea. It's Sunday night at 7.15. What kind of timing is that? Um, but we will bring you a review uh, straight after for Sheffield Wednesday anyway. Um, right. So it is United in 20th, but there is a chance of going off the bottom of the table if we can get a point and uh, results go our way. Uh, Chelsea are in seventh. It is on Sky at 7.15 kickoff on Sunday night. As soon as Liverpool City's done, then it's over to us. Uh, Chappers, your score prediction, please. Despite the fact I've said that, you know, we could get something from it. I'm not 100% sure we will. I'm going to go 2-1 Chelsea in this one. I just think they'll have slightly too much. 2-1 Chelsea for Chappers. Callum, what about yourself? Well, since Tuchel's come in, they've not conceded the shot on target and... We've, we spoke about his lack of creating chances. So I reckon it, it could be a tough 
tough evening, boys. Uh, I'm going to go 1-0 Chelsea. 1-0 Chelsea, uh, fair enough. Uh, Connor Thorpe has uh, has joined us once again and uh, to provide his unpredictable score lines. And uh, Connor, which way are you going for this one? Yeah, I think 2-0 Chelsea. Um, I know United's form's picked up recently, uh, but like Cheswick's just said there, under Thomas Tuchel, they've made a very good start. Um, I, I think I'm just classing the Burnley game there. The Wolves one, he's only just come in. He's not really had a chance to, to stamp his authority, but they, they look very good against uh, Burnley. Um, and I don't think that United will be as non-existent as Burnley were because they just didn't create anything. But um, I think they'll probably get a goal in the first half and then maybe as United are throwing everything at it, they might score on the counter-attack again. So a, uh, what was that again? A 1-0? 2 2-0. 2-0 Chelsea for Connor. And uh, I'm going to go on the same uh, margin, but I'm going to go 3-1 Chelsea. Uh, obviously the 4-1 victory for Chelsea back uh, earlier on in the season. I think United will score. Obviously we have been scoring quite a bit recently, uh, but 3-1 nonetheless for me. Um, now with United and Wednesday playing so much in the upcoming uh, weeks, midweek reviews and weekend reviews are going to be in your usual podcast provider uh, like Love the Money. That mountain that they need to climb is getting steeper every week. I honestly, I think we're in big trouble. It's rotten to the core, to be honest. It's not a good time to be a Sheffield United fan. 2 1 defeat away at the Viggen. Connor, uh, Viggen. Viggen, Viggen. I don't know. Where's that come I'm from? The biggest guest. Oh, morning, mate. All right. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Joseph Hadfield. Oh, goodness me. Sobasilia. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Chapman. Oh, wow. It was awful. Connor Thorpe. It was uh, an absolutely massive win. Cardinal Reddiff. <laughs> <laughs> already. We are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum. Thursdays from 5.15. Only on Shoe Radio. Yes, Football Forum back on Monday and sun- Sunday or Monday um, to bring you the weekend reviews for both United and Wednesday. Right, so on to another round of Unpredictable. Uh, and we can't give you the complete uh, scores from the previous round that you heard on Monday. And that's primarily because they haven't been played. Uh, they will be played uh, tonight. Uh, but for now, we only have the update, the, the current scores that we have. So uh, after United West Brom and Wolves Arsenal, we all went 2-0 and we all got it completely wrong. Um, so two points for Chappers and Connor and no points from me. Um, as we go into round number 21 for... Uh, the weekend's games and three based on Wednesday, three based on United. Um, and if you want to listen to the other half, that's on the Wednesday review. So Burnley against Brighton is up next. 15th place Burnley against 17th place Brighton. Sky have you covered for this one? Three o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Callum. Uh, I'm, 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 like I say every time, I, I'm struggling to... So your prediction. I'm gonna go two one. Uh just dead straight a two one. I, I, I can't I don't know who two though I'd just help me out. Well it's Burnley or Brighton. Burnley. Two one Burnley, right, fair enough. Uh, right. Now Connor's had to dash off, but we know that he's gone one nil Burnley. Uh Chappers, what about you? 
I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go 2-1 Brighton. Um, yeah, same scoreline. I did already write that down. I'm not nicking yet, I promise. Uh, 2-1 Brighton for me. I think they've played some nice stuff recently. They've got a good result against Spurs, obviously, at the weekend. Uh, Leandro Trossard is uh, doing well in my fantasy team at the minute, so hopefully he can carry on doing that. Uh, 2-1, uh, sorry, 2-1 Brighton. 2-1 Brighton for Chappers. I'm going to go, well, Burnley are currently losing to Man City, but no surprise there. I'm going to go, oh, I'm going to go 1-1, one, one, go in the middle. 1-1 one, one for me. And we'll finish up with the other Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff. This one is on BT instead. And it is 16th place Newcastle against Southampton in 12th after the 9-0 thrashing. How are Southampton going to respond? We'll give Callum a chance to think about it. Uh, chap as you first uh, I'm going to go 1-1 we, we know what Newcastle have been like recently in terms of defending uh, they got a great result against Everton at the weekend made them look a bit daft in all honesty uh, got great result uh, for Newcastle um, and, and do you know what in recent weeks they've you know they've set up quite defensively they've been fairly difficult to break down I think this is going to be the case this weekend Southampton have got a lot of players out injured um, a lot of players, a lot of first teamers are injured uh, now, and also Bednarek's been obviously having been sent off. You know they've not really got a, a centre half anymore. Ralph Ralph Hasenhutl said last night, um, so I'm going to go one-one in this one. Um, I think it'll be fairly even, um, and yeah, goal apiece. Giving me more time to think just gives me more time to overthink it. You're going the wrong way about it, but um, I'm going to go 2 1 uh, Newcastle. Um, Southampton will obviously want a reaction from from what happened last night, but like Chappers has just said, that they are missing a, a lot of key players. And Newcastle have picked up a bit more recently. If they, if they play um, how they did at the weekend against Everton, then I, I can see no reason why they can't go and grab a couple of goals. 2-1 Newcastle for Callum. Now, Connor has gone for a 1-0 Newcastle win. With this Premier League season, it could be 4-0. I'm going to go 1-0 Southampton, though. I think they will win because, let's be fair, Newcastle, they can play well one week, but for most of the season, they're absolutely rubbish. So uh, I'm going to go 1-0 Southampton. And uh, that is about as far as you go for football forum this week. Huge thanks to Callum for joining us once again. And, uh, well, the next time United win, you'll probably be back on. So, uh, hopefully, it's not too long. Ooh, I hope I'm back on next week, then, others. <laughs> and, the and the week after that, until we sail. But now, always a pleasure. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, at this point, you'll become a permanent fixture to the team. Um, we are back on Sunday and Monday to bring you all the weekend action. But for me, Chappers and Connor, and all the team here on Football Forum, we will see you then. But thanks for joining us for the Sheffield United Review. Take care. Good night. Shoe Radio. Bringing you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum.